0: Welcome back to Dark Opinion, Dark Reporter. I am touching on today, last podcast I said I was going to do something with religion, but some, a couple things more pressing is going on, and I'm going to touch on one of those in this podcast and the other in my next podcast, so stay tuned for that. So this podcast, has happened in Houston recently where a Hispanic family, the Garcias, had called uh, the uh, mental health police line because they had a loved one, a relative with schizophrenia, bipolar. And a lot of times those disorders come with cold, cold disorders, you can say other disorders and so um this this that's that's my grandbaby in the background if you can hear him and so this one particular time they had called the mental health police and requested help because he was going through a crisis uh uh, uh so when the, so the dispatcher, the 911 dispatcher radioed the police and they also tried to radio the mental health police, but this time they could not respond because they were already on another call. So, the police officer, I believe it was just one, might have been two, arrives at the house. He tried to de- de-escalate the man, and he was on a whole nother level with a knife, and brandishing it, swinging it at the police, lunging for him, very violent, the family admits that it's very scary, um, it, and, and they had to go through training to learn how to um, cope with it, but they can't even handle him. They can't even cope with him because they've had to call several, sev- many times for him, and the last time was just April 8th of this month. So the officer went for his taser, but the taser malfunctioned and would not shoot. And he's got this extremely violent man with a knife aimed at him with the intention of harming him. So he pulled his gun and shot several times. Now, this man is not going to be any less scary to the police officer than he is to the family that called for help. Because this is a a police officer, not the mental health police, who are trained for this. Which is why this incident has never escalated to this event before. So, I can see a lot of things coming from this. One is that when the news um interviewed I guess it was his mom and asked him if her if if the man had a knife. I mean you could hear the uncertainty in her voice. She did not he I believe to my heart he did. She really sounded like she wanted to say yes, but she didn't want to say yes because she didn't want Want people already judging him, already placing him into a certain category because they are very sad that he got shot. But they she feels that I believe she feels that the public would see him in a different way as if the officer did the right thing in shooting him because of his character. Now, yes, mental health patients like that are extremely dangerous. Could he have hurt the officer? Most definitely, yes. So, where, what is going on here? Okay, so this takes us back a little bit to my previous Um, podcast that I did just before this one where I briefly touched on how defunding the police is just not going to work and how in the case of Dante Wright, they're talking about defund the police. Um, George Floyd, uh, Black Lives Matter was talking about defund the police. That's just not going to work. That's just not going to work because of this. This is what happens when you defund the police, when you start taking resources away from the police. You get less police and you get results like this. You get results like this. Now, Now, you know, in order for me to say that the family has a very very valid point is that the man did not have a weapon. Okay, so we know that the that the reporters The news can definitely report, make erroneous reports. So let's say that he didn't have one. What if he truly didn't have a weapon? Well, then now we're talking about an unarmed citizen. I can see people making comparisons. And I'm not going to say a certain characteristic or society of people. I'm just saying people in general. Because you got the man. The The Garcias say that he, yes, he's very scary. It's a very scary thing. And they've had to call the police repeatedly for him. And so, you've got an unarmed, violent man, whom the police shot. He happens to be of Hispanic heritage. That's a minority. And so, uh, and we're going on the scenario that he was unarmed there was an intention of doing harm to the officer. So the officer has the right to A, disable him to where he can gain control and de-escalate the situation, but he tried to, but his taser malfunctioned. So that being said, I'm imagining that he was the only officer on the scene, So then he went for his gun because this guy is scary, okay? He's not trained for this. So he, of course, he's going to automatically see the guy as a threat. Um, I don't know if he received the information that he was a mental health uh, patient, that he was uh, 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 um, going through that type of crisis. Maybe he would have, if he had... I'm thinking possibly he would have done, tried something else to de-escalate. The body cam video has not been um, um, made public yet. So we don't know, know how this whole, how we went from him a knife and maybe the body cam video will show whether he actually had one or not and him getting shot several times and killed. so um so the man was shot, okay? His kids run up to him from surveillance from another house. You see that his kids running up to him. My thing is, why are the kids out there in the first place watching this happen to their dad? The family should have had the kids inside. That's how to probably main make sure that the that's not the type of environment you want your kids witnessing somebody there could have been responsible enough to take the kids inside seriously um so that's disturbing um and so he's acting like this what are the kids witnessing they're at, the fact that the kids were outside And this is just popping in my head right now. The fact that the kids were outside tells me that this is a normal occurrence that they are used to witnessing. So that raises the problem or the issue of what is actually going on in that house. Is that a safe environment for the kids? But I leave that up to whoever you know the I, I don't the police or whatever. I just pray for those kids. So now let's go to where the other part of this, which is um. Let's go to Dante Wright. Dante Wright proved no, absolutely no threat to any officer. Okay. George Floyd uh, uh, was no threat to any officer, and yet they were killed on the spot. George Floyd, knee to his neck. And, you know, I'm just using those two as an example because they're, the, they're fairly recent. You have in Indianapolis, no, that wasn't it. That was something else. Uh, there was a case that happened recently where a young Hispanic man was shot. A teen was shot. And video surveillance shows that he looked like he was holding something like a gun. Then you see him and his friend running away. And they were shot by police, by the way. He, the teen was shot and killed by the police. Um, when uh, Neither one of those cases shows anywhere that they were uh, ever a, a threat to the police. If the teen w- was really holding a the gun, then I can kind of see that, but not really unless he shot at the police because you can't hear the video, or at least the video I saw, you can't hear it. But even, you know, even in, you know, you got Philando Castillo. you know, you got to think about these Cases where the police thinks their bravery is behind a gun. Yeah, you got gangs and stuff like that who think that their bravery is behind a gun. But this is the police. They're supposed to be trained to be brave. i served nine years in the military. And you and your weapon are one. Okay? But that's... I mean, you just don't pick up your weapon and just start shooting. A police officer just doesn't pick up his or her gun and just start shooting. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? You got handguns, I mean, you got handcuffs, you got you know how to uh, uh, you got tasers to uh, temporarily um, uh, um, cause your uh, um, assailant to disengage so that you can. Uh, arrest them or or do whatever you need to do in due process of the law. But the uh, Garcia I mean yeah now I served in the military but I don't have the police training that they have in in particular, that's why there's things called military police, which I was not. I was not an MP, I was not military police officer. So they definitely have training that I don't have. But the police officers reporting to the Garcia's house did not have that training either. Because that was not the officer's job to de escalate a mentally ill person, a severely mentally ill, violent, potentially deadly person. The family in the house was afraid he's going to kill them. So this officer was trained to report to a crime that's been, that's to, to report to an incident. And if somebody is a threat to life, then he has a right to take care of that situation. If it's threat to his life, threat to somebody else's life with a weapon or trying to harm them. In any way. But with a knife. A knife is just as dangerous. As a gun. Except a knife. If you are trained. You can get the knife. By pressing on certain post points. You can get a knife. Out of somebody's hands. But we're talking about. People who d- don't suffer from. What this man was suffering from. We're talking about people who don't suffer from schizophrenia and bipolar and who knows what else. Because as you may not know that, because my daughter has a mental illness. And what you may not understand is that when they're going through their crisis, through their episode, they are, they can be inhumanly strong. They can be like a whole army within themselves. That's the strength they can have. And to try to control them, you're risking your life. So, that officer did the right thing. But here's this. The city, I believe, to my heart, needs to employ more officers. And because of that, you can't do that when you're busy defunding the police. This is what defunding the police looks like. This is what it looks like. No matter what is going on, this is what defunding the police looks like. And this is the result you get. Not just those affected by police brutality, but everybody. I think people sometimes have this tunnel vision that by defunding the police... The issues they see that they're concerned about get taken care of, but they don't see the widespread. They don't see the big picture. They only have that tunnel vision. And that tunnel vision is blurred and highly inaccurate. It's not real. It does not exist in reality. There's no basis for it. There is no rationality, no logic in it. And let's face it, the black community is well known that the black community is mainly motivated by money. They see themselves as being motivated by money. So that's why they think that defunding the police is effective because it involves money. When actually money has very little do with resolving their problem so taking it is not going to help at all if you took money from them then yeah that would affect them but that's what they know because they don't know what's on the other side there they don't know how things are actually working they only see things like looking in a mirror you only see your own reflection. You're not, you're not going to get much further than that. You have to not look in the mirror. You have to see everything from all sides. Not just from where you're standing. But move. Move so you can see things on the other side. So, uh, um... The officer did exactly what he was trained to do. He or she was trained to do. There is no fault there. They're sad, I understand. They're sad that their loved one is gone. I don't know why they need. he needed so many repeated visits. But that raises another issue is that the mental health resources and help in Houston, Texas is sad. It's sad. Yeah, they only bring you in for like two weeks and then they let you out. And then they don't fix the problem. They just say, oh, there, there, there now. And then they let you out. Oh, there, there, there now. And then let you back out again. And that might be something that the patient helps the patient. But when you let them out, you letting all these people out on the general public. So now the general public is affected. Now everybody is a victim in the general public and the murder rate has been through the roof. It, it's skyrocketing. And knowing this, how that police officer... Might have been another statistic had he not shot the man. The family's seen it on their side. And not just on their side, but they see how the officer would have, how he appeared to the officer also. And they accept. The challenge that the man presented. And yeah, they are justified in being sad to lose their loved one. And being sad that he's gone. And being sad that this happened. But this happened because mental health helped. For him, did not happen. All the times the mental health police was called were all available opportunities for Houston's crisis, mental health crisis teams to come in and step up to avoid something like this in the future. And he's not the only one. Mr. That 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 that. Poor man who is also a husband and a father and a brother is a, a statistic now for various reasons. None of which we all know. Houston has no effort in, no, 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 no real accountability nor. Is Houston, the city of Houston, going to put forth any real effort in stepping up mental health reform? There should be some type of way, state mandated health where you can provide more long-term mental health care which segues me into this but before I do that yeah if the man didn't have a gun and he shot he's still justified the officer still justified in my opinion Especially if he did not know what scene he was stepping into, he was reporting to. He didn't know the condition of the man, in other words. And so, now we come into this whole thing. And I know that some of you might know, but I know a lot of you don't know is that there are places, and they're situated in normal suburban neighborhoods. And they're called group homes. And there's several types of, you know, people facing different life challenges. It might be mental health, it might be uh, medical, um, whatever. But these group homes are ran by civilian people. And what happens is that the government will pay you money to run one. And I do believe they get you situated where you can either, they either give you a house, they can help you buy one. And then for each resident that stays there, that you are responsible for, making sure that they get the things that they need and stuff, you get $1,000 a month around there per resident. I don't know if it's tax-free or not, but yet that's, you have seven residents. That's about $7,000 a month, five residents, $5,000 a month. And what if you have more than one house? You're looking at a good, big, fat, chunk change of money. But would that have been even a reasonable resource for the man who got shot? Let me stop calling the man, Mr. Garcia, for Mr. Garcia. Let me say that so I can give him the respect that, as a human, human rendered respect. So, would that have been enough for Mr. Garcia? Now, the fact that they, that, um, See, he would be living away from his family. Which would, in my opinion, be good for the kids. But I'm I'm trying to think because I don't know if anybody's there. I know my daughter doesn't, but I don't know if anybody else there. Actually has a mental health the, uh, nurse, clinician, the psychologist visiting. Making periodic or regular visits depending on the nature or the or or the case of the person that they're that is their patient or client. So, what I what I can tell you about these group homes, and if you care to help, and you're trying to figure out how, but you don't have the resources, you don't have the information, you uh, you are trying to find ways to help the situation because it's bad. It's really gotten bad. And, um, opening up a group home would be a great way, but not just opening up a group home, but actually making sure that the services needed or provided, getting them to their meetings, maybe even holding meetings, group meetings. I don't know if you can actually do that, but holding group meetings to help like counseling or anything like that um, taking them because you provide transportation you cook for them um, you might have somebody hired there to actually do the cooking but you do make visits there making sure that everybody's okay. If you have somebody there, um, um, keeping, uh, you know, things in order, people, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, everybody's okay. Then, um, then you might, you definitely would need to check in on that person to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's a lot of work. But if you truly are dedicated, then it's really not. It's not work, work, like tall work. If it's something that you're truly dedicated to in your heart something that you naturally gifted for relating with people you are already a very compassionate person empathetic you have that warmness to you that people navigate to and you people tell you that that you make them feel comfortable they can talk to you they make them feel safe all that all those good things um that, you know, you would need, all those good qualities that you would need. Now, there's several, if you know somebody, especially if you know somebody that needs to be in a group home. uh, Now, my daughter, she was referred to one. But... Um, you can, if you have a loved one that you would love to be in this type of setting because it is very structured. Also, you have to have a very structured and be, be, you can't be a pushover. You you have to instill boundaries with love. Okay. Firm boundaries with love. Okay, so um they're not hard to find actually. Um you can do a quick online search for um group homes. Some are dedicated to the mentally ill. And some are just, I think, more general. Um, Like, but you need to have some type of disability. Um, There are a lot of housing choices in Houston for people living with disabilities. Uh, mental health illness is a disability and so if you're a family member supporting someone with a with this with a mental health and it's too much for you is stressing you out you're not sure if you're doing the right thing um for what look into these group homes okay um you can visit them and they can, like, I pick up my daughter and we go places and stuff like that. Um, so they keep your loved one taken care of and cared for. Okay. So instead of just, you know, constant, because a lot of people don't know about these because they're not out there as information for everybody to know. Okay. And so, um, just doing a quick internet search will net you a lot of options. There's like a whole lot of mental health group homes here in Houston, Texas. So had the Garcia family known about this. It would have helped them out a a whole lot a long time ago. But people don't know. The only way I know is because my daughter. If it wasn't for her, her, if it wasn't for the hospital, taking her there, we would not have known Houston offers this. And I know that Kansas offers it. Topeka, Kansas offers it because she was there once. But when she was just fresh out of high school, but she's, uh, 29 now. And so, um, and we're here in Houston, Texas, and it's almost like pulling teeth to get information, especially if you never had anybody who's ever been in one, you don't know what you don't know until you find out what you didn't know okay so i mean, my my heart really goes out to the garcias and i'm so sorry that that happened to their loved one but if this information is gets out then this can, this situation can be avoided okay so nami uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness even has a page for supportive housing in Houston Texas okay it's nami n a m i t e x a s dot o r g again that's n a m i t e x a s dot o r g slash supportive housing slash so this is um they even have a number on there for suicide prevention to call um NAMI this is how I found out that there, wa- that there was a, such a thing as a mental health police here in Houston cause I never heard of that before is I had called NAMI I had called Nami and um, my daughter was having an episode and I didn't want to call 911 because I didn't want them to cart her away as a criminal. So, I looked up Nami and I called their number for help and they are the ones that told me to contact the mental health police that... The Houston Police Department has a section for mental health. And also, and I just looked, I just found this out when I was, you know, going over the Garcia case before I started this um, podcast. I want to see if there's any later information, Had they released the body cam yet and all that is that Houston is one of the very few police departments that actually has a master's or bachelor's degree clinician, mental health clinician, riding along in some of their cars with them to help out at the scene. But that did not help Mr. Garcia because they're already taxed out. That's how bad the mental health illnesses are here in Houston that are not being properly tended to before or properly um, handled before police are called. So, um... You can even go on, if you want to help, you can even go on NAMI.org, no matter where you are, or if you're in Texas, org, and you can st- start up, you can be an advocate, you can, um, be an affiliate, and so... You can help out your whole community by being an affiliate, and you can read all about that on NAMI.org um, or NAMI whatever your state is.org. So um, it's just sad that this these resources, because I'm pretty sure these affiliates and advocates could have provided the Garcia's help if they hadn't been able to already. And the trauma that those kids are going through, okay? And the fact that they were out there watching this scene happen tells me that this is something they're used to seeing because the adults were, either they were just so focused on what was going on because the, I mean it was intense it was intense but still those kids should not have been out there but well, what are you supposed to do when everybody in the house comes outside to see what's going on Their kids are gonna go too Everybody who, people who not even involved in situations going to come outside and see what's going on. But, um, let's see. Can I get some numbers here? Some phone numbers. I am on the NAMI, Texas.org website right now. Um, you can donate to them. You can become a member. You can, oh. Contact us. Let's see. You can write to them or you can call them at this is for NAMI, Texas. Okay. So if you're outside of Texas, I'm not, they will probably be able to help you navigate to where you need uh, if you need more specific information. But um, you can call, also call them at 512- again that's NAMI Texas 512-693-2000 their mailing address is P.O. Box 300817 Austin Texas 78703 and their physical address is Austin State Hospital, Campus, Building 781, Room 428. And they have a National Information Helpline. This is great. A National Information Helpline. You should be able to call this helpline to get whatever information you need. And um, uh, uh, so that number is 800-950-NAMI. Okay, so again that is one well one eight hundred nine five zero six two six four eight hundred nine five zero six two six four. Yeah, I was spelling that out on my phone. So um Let's try to avoid this happening again to both the families, the uh, uh, person going through the mental health crisis, and the police officers. Let's all protect each other, okay? Um, With this information, I mean, and with everybody helping out, we can all do something to help make this situation better. But... I mean, mental health clinic uh, psychologists, uh, nurses, what have you. Y'all need to step up. Y'all need to step up. Your responsibility does not end when your client walks out the door. Y'all need to step up. <sighs> okay, here we go. I'm gonna say this before I end. I got about 15 minutes left. The United States government will pay you for opening up a group home. That's what I told you before. Um, it, you can go to this website. And, um, they will, they appear to train you and they, uh, they say it's residual, uh, passive monthly income, but I mean, do this, do this if you have a genuine concern for people and you want to be involved in their lives, okay, um, You got enough people taking advantage of stuff and don't really care and just adds to and exacerbates the problem that we're trying to get resolved. So the uh, website is grouphomeriches.com. And um, they have where you enter your name, number, email to get started now and they ask you a couple of questions and then it says enrolled in gold course today let's see if you have to pay anything i'm pretty sure this is not the only resource there's got to be other resources for them to be able to find out this information they had to access other information in order to know so let's see how much is gold course And I'm pretty sure they may, they're, I mean, I'm sure there are, there's information that you can get for free. So, uh, let's not even do group home riches because they're like ridiculous. $179. Do not do that. Try to find out free information because if the government is paying, it's going to pay you to open this, they're going to provide the information on how to do it, and they're gonna provide it to you for free. These people here, group home riches, are for a profit, so don't do this. We're gonna to try to stay non-for-profit, okay? Information, non-profit information, information that you can get for free or for next to nothing, because it should be disseminated to us in that way, coming from our federal government. Who um wants to, um, um, inspire us or give us an incentive to open these things, okay? To open these, the, the, these resources up. And, um, so we're going to do that. I'm going to research on that. Um, and I'm going to leave some information about NAMI, dot Um, and, um, the next podcast, I will I don't know what I'm going to discuss next podcast because anything can pop up actually that I feel the need to express my opinion on. So yes, um I do believe the officer was justified in shooting the man. Um he can't help that he was not trained to be a mental health police officer. He cannot help that. Okay, and he also cannot help that the those who were trained were on another call, so I don't blame him. I don't feel he should accept too much blame for that because it was one if i mean he just could not help the situation. He couldn't help the situation no more than the Garcia family could help the situation. Uh, because they requested the mental health police, but they were on another call. They could not, there was nobody available. You can't blame the police chief because the police chief had no idea. Even though they have, Mr. Garcia has had the mental health reported, you know, come to his aid many, many times. He's not the only person in Houston, which is a huge area. And even surrounding areas, he's not the only person who has had that happen. So you can't not have an officer just standing there waiting for Mr. Garcia for a call to come from Mr. Garcia, because those calls are coming from everywhere. Mr. Garcia was not the only one needing mental health assistance, needing a a a humane de-escalation by the police department he was not the only one that is why there was nobody to report to his case this time just think about all the other times they were available when they went when the mental health police reported to Mr. Garcia's previous calls for help that pulled him away from someone else that needed it. Someone else received a norm, a, a regular, you know, a non-mental health trained police officer because everybody was, all the other, all the mental health police officers were on other calls, including Mr. Garcia. This time, and they've had to come up a whole bunch of times, that means a whole bunch of times they've been available. This one time they were not available. They can't just leave. Just suppose if Mr. Garcia, whether he had a knife or not, and somebody with in a worse situation had a call and all the mental health police were were busy on other calls and then if that guy who the officer who reported to mr garcia was like oh hey you're gonna have to leave mr garcia and go over here well then we'll have a whole nother situation going on you can't i mean how much do you expect that one officer to do he's not in that he's he's not god He's not some sci fi robot that can do everything. He's human just like you, just like me. Okay? He may be trained to be a police officer and de escalate certain situations. His training is for criminals. So whether he knew that Mr. Garcia was a mental health patient or not he treated him as if it was a criminal. That's was his, that was his training. that's what he went back to. That's what he did. Yes, the mental health police would have to handle that differently as they had before. But we we very well know the situation around that. So, as with all incidences involving police officers, it's being investigated, which is a good thing. But I hope, I hope, because the Garcia family wants punishment for the officer. You know, I know they're upset, but it's really irrational. Because he did what he was trained to do. So where does the blame lie? Somebody needs to account for taking Mr. Garcia's life. Even though he may not have even been aware of what was going on, or what he was doing, which makes him even more dangerous to himself and others. Still, somebody needs to account for any life that's lost. Why aren't there um, um, pay? Why isn't there pay for meant for more police officers in a mental health capacity? Because you know, not. All, I I I I truly believe that, and let me say this real quick: that more people would join the police department if they knew there was a more empathetic socialist structure there like handling mentally ill patients getting them de-escalating them getting them safely to the hospital the mental health care that they need or at least calming them helping them to calm down to where they them and their family or feel secure again. If more people knew that there was that, because when people think about becoming police officers, they're thinking about being in the line of fire, trying to um, 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 catch criminals, shooting at them, and all kinds of stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not signing up for that. And yes, the mental health police are armed, but they help people have a good quality of life that doesn't involve normal criminal activity most times. I feel comfortable saying that. Confident saying that. Okay, so if you thought about being a police officer, especially if you live in Houston, Texas, sign up and tell them, I guess you can just tell them that you want to be on the mental health side, and, and especially if you have any sort of class training or you're a social worker or anything, you even have an associate's degree in social work or so, the social sciences anywhere, or criminal justice or that, that with a leaning towards caring for people's mental well-being. That would help out a lot. And see, you can't get that. These offers, these jobs will not be available if you defund the police. That further goes and shows you the impact, the negative impact that will have. Defunding the police does absolutely nothing but make the situations worse. But defunding the police came from people who don't know People who do not know. Reform the police. Reform all police. uh, All the police all over the nation. Reform. Retrain. Reform. Do whatever you feel you need to do to help not only the society but the officers feel. And to get rid out of root out the bad ones, because all officers look good. All officers look like they care about you. and that's why it's so hard to spot the ones that don't. All right, y'all, um, until next time, thank y'all for listening in. And, and um, until next time. This is Dark Voices, Dark Reporter. Bye.